we talked about, well, I talked and you listened, let's just be honest. Uh, <laughs> but we, I, I welcome audience participation. In fact, I love it when people have questions. Um, and uh, this, is one of those, this is one of those times where um, you can ask questions and give feedback. Uh, because Thursday nights, um, I'm going to be focusing on training and equipping the saints for the work of ministry and the building up of the body. And so um, it's, like a, it's like a school because we're part of an army, right? This is, this is like boot camp um, or just continuing training on uh, hand-to-hand combat, whatever you want to call it. I've never been in the army, but Shane Cameron can tell you all about it. He's on base. It's always good to have one of those up there. Um, so two weeks ago, we talked about deliverance, and wasn't it fun? Do you guys remember we, we addressed uh, the stronghold of fear and all the associated demons, like bewilderment and anxiety, and we broke agreement with them and told them to get out of our lives. Anybody noticed a difference since then? Can I get a witness? Awesome. Um, well, you should, um, and I don't want you to think that deliverance is like a one-time uh, thing where, you, where you're done, because we are actually in a war. Um, we're on the good side, which is great news, but these strongholds will try to work their way back in your life uh, however they can, um, and Paul talks about how we don't want to be unaware of the enemy's schemes. I know this is really distracting as I'm shuffling through my papers, but for some reason, some of the things I'm looking for got lost. Um, so yeah, Paul talks about how we're not unaware of the enemy's schemes. And he, um, he's been a jerk for you know, thousands of years. And um, he continues to use his jerky ways against us. And I'm not raising a blasphemous word against him. Even the archangel Michael said, the Lord rebuke you. Um, and it's really, um, it's really important that we get that down, first of all. Um, we don't necessarily respect Satan. But if there's a word slightly less respectful than respect, then that's the word we should use in regards to how we view Satan. Um, because... In Psalm, I think it's two, it says that the Lord laughs, laughs at the plans of the enemy. Like he, he literally, knowing that he is all powerful, and obviously he knows the end of the story, he sits on high looking at these critters trying to like do their nasty deeds uh, to, to his kids and whatnot, and he's laughing at them like, you're going to try oh, that again? Oh, good luck. Like, that is, that is the Lord. He, he has no worry or anxiety. He's not second-guessing his plan. He's not biting his fingernails. He is completely all-powerful and victorious through the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen? So, I'm not going to plug that in yet. Um, we're going to continue talking about deliverance tonight, and for everybody who wants to participate, we're, we're going to kick some more critters out of our lives. Does that sound like fun? All right. Yeah, there they are. Got these lists. I love these lists. Because um, you can say, oh, I'm, I'm, 
I'm not a fearful person. I'm not a coward. I'm, I'm very brave. But then when you look at everything associated with fear, um, then you start to like, oh, yeah, I guess I do get anxious. Everyone, Yeah, and I, I'm afraid of my boss. And yeah, I guess I do have some fear. And, and it's like, amen, the Holy Spirit is revealing these things to us so that we can break agreement with them and kick them out of our lives and move on. Because you can say things like, you know, I know that I have belief. I believe in the Lord. I don't have a stronghold of unbelief. But then when you throw in the associated demons with unbelief, such as apprehension, cynicism. Mm, anybody been in the church longer than like three years has dealt with cynicism. Double-mindedness, doubt, fear of being wrong, intellectualism, mind-blocking, mistrust, rationalism, skepticism, suspicion, uncertainty, and then all of a sudden you're like, hmm, yeah, let's deal with unbelief tonight. <laughs> um, a little while ago, the Lord woke me up in the night and uh, through a strong uh, impression from him, he showed me how similar... Um, religion and witchcraft are. And, um, and he showed them to me uh, like as, as you would see like ditches on the side of a road. And I saw it as like an old school dirt road that was kind of crowned at the top and then there were ditches on either side. And he said, that's, that's the path of life. And on one side is religion and on the other side is worldliness. And and this is what the Lord said to me. And you can tweet this because it was the Lord. Um, and he said, with religion, we fast our imagination until it's so emaciated that we can't create anything beautiful and original. With worldliness on the other side, we develop a gluttonous imagination that feasts on every desire and craving that passes by until we can only counterfeit the truly beautiful. I can say it again. With religion, we fast our imagination. So like we, we think pleasures and imagination and all that stuff is is evil so we fast our imagination until it's so emaciated that we can't create anything beautiful or original and with worldliness we develop a gluttonous imagination that feasts on every desire and craving until we can only counterfeit the truly beautiful now why am i talking about imagination tonight because you are the only living creature that has one You can visualize things in your mind and create them with your hands. That is the essence of the creator inside of you. And the imagination is actually, um, is our meeting place with the Lord. It's where spirit meets spirit. A sanctified imagination is the most powerful vehicle into visions, and dreams and encounters with the Holy Spirit. And our imagination is to the prophetic and, and visions what our hands are to healing. 
And by that, I mean you were born with this hand. You've seen it every day. You do normal mundane stuff with your hand, brush your hair, drive your car. But when you take your hand and you place it on a person who is hurting, what happens? Well, power can come through you, a conduit of heaven. Power can come through you and heal the hurting with that normal hand that you were born with. Well, you were also born with an imagination. And this, this thing that you were born with and that you um, probably throughout your life have tried to divorce yourself from, like the rest of us Americans, uh, we've, this, this imagination is a place where if we engage with God, we use this thing that we were born with, he can take our imagination and turn it into a place where we continually get visions, dreams, impressions, internal voices, internal audible voices. He can turn it, he can use our imagination in such a way so that um, the, the eyes of our heart are unlocked and we can see the location of angels in a room, even though you're not seeing it with your natural eye, it seems so real that you are. Isn't that cool? That's the power of a redeemed imagination. So uh, tonight, I've got a few goals. Um, um, I, I felt this from the Lord that some of us, maybe even all of us, have family members who are severely oppressed and, and demonized, either with depression or any other host of uh, demonic strongholds. And, um, and it's looking at the situation with your natural eye seems hopeless. It seems like it's about, you've, you've actually probably written them off several times, repented, and asked the Lord to give you hope again. Is anybody, give it, I mean, including me, we've, we have those, those family members, and tonight I want to give you tools that you can pray over them, and you can pray with them for that moment when uh, they're so bold as to repent with you. Um, and I also, tonight, I want to dismantle fear again. We, it's, it's just so fun to kill fear. You just turn into a little kid again, and like you can take on anything all of a sudden, and it's, it's amazing to completely break agreement with fear. I mean, I always ask this question, but what, what would happen if our entire church woke up tomorrow morning and every fear was completely disabled? How long, how long, I mean, it wouldn't take very long for our city to be completely changed. Jesus disabled fear in 12 men. And he sent them out to do great works, to advance the kingdom, to use his name, to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, baptize. 12 dudes. And they were foul mouthed fishermen, so you guys have a good chance. Praise <laughs> Uh, the most powerful demon is no more powerful than the most baby Christian. Because uh, who, 
Who is on a baby Christian's team? The king of the spirits, Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, and those demons still know his name. They tremble. When, you, when, you're, when you're walking around and you've got brother bear inside, when he roars, every demon is terrified of you. And that's from the moment you believe and you've trusted Jesus to give you a new life. So I wanna do a little bit of review from, uh, from two weeks ago. Um, so one of the times where the disciples went out ministering in, in Jesus' name, they came back and they were rejoicing and they were saying, Jesus, you should have seen it. Even the demons are subject to us in your name. And they're like, woo, and high-fiving, like, yeah, Bartholomew. And, uh, and Jesus is like, you don't have to rejoice in that. It's not that big of a deal. What you should rejoice in is that your names are written in the book of life. In other words, uh, casting out demons is normal. Very, very normal. In fact, it's, it's not a gift. It's, it's second nature. Like if, if Jesus lives inside of you and you're walking around like Jesus walked around, you can expect to see the same kinds of things that Jesus saw which is demonically oppressed people freak out when they get near you. And you, you think, why, God, what have I done wrong to have the most wretched people in my, in my workplace and my boss always freaks out, you know, when I get close to him? And well, it's because you look and smell like Jesus. And demons hate being around that guy. They hate it because they recognize that power has entered the room that is greater than their power. And when we realize it and recognize it, it means that their days are numbered and that their mission fails because you walked in the room. There's a, this famous verse, it's uh, called Genesis 1-1. And it says, in the beginning, God created the... So who created the heavens? God. Has anyone ever found a reference in the Bible after that where a different heavens is created? There's one other place. And it's, it's at the end. The, the last book, there's going to be a new heavens and who's going to create that? God. So who owns the heavens? God. And no one has ever created a different heavens, right? And so if God created the heavens, he created order, he created rules, he created principles of the heavenly realm, right? It would go to say that the king of heavens would create order within the heavens. Jesus comes along and he says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go make disciples. And in that moment, he passed authority. A few moments earlier, he breathed on the disciples and said, receive my spirit 
Whoever sins you forgive will be forgiven. Whoever sins you retain, you'll be retained. And so this is all a, uh, a season after Jesus is resurrected and he's commissioning all the new creations, all, all the little Jesuses. He's telling them about the power that is in them, on them, and then telling them how to use it. And so Adam was created, and uh, Adam and Eve were actually given authority over the earth. God looked at him and said, this place is yours. Take dominion of it. Subdue it. Multiply. And commune with, commune with me. Those are the four purposes of man. They haven't changed. Let's take over the world, right? It's, it's really that simple. Thank you, Jesus. I, w- I was wondering what my calling was. Now we can go home and take over the world like pinky in the brain. <laughs> what we going to do tonight, brain? <laughs> Same thing we do every night, pinky. <laughs> Try to take over the world. So Adam was given authority over the earth. Jesus comes and says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And so when he passes his authority over to us, he's saying, now you're my representatives. You're my ambassadors of reconciliation. You are carriers of my presence and releasers of my kingdom, which means that you now have authority in the heavens and the earth which is why we can cast out demons with a word. <laughs> and uh, two weeks ago, we talked about how the battle has, is over the, the image. We were, we were given the image of God, which is what Lucifer wanted, which is why Lucifer was kicked out of heaven or kicked out of the highest heavens, I should say, into a lower realm. He was booted out because of the pride of his heart, and he incited a rebellion within the angelic army uh, through the, uh, the witchcraft of that rebellion. A third of the angels fell. And um, then God creates man, man and says, let us make him in our own image. Now, what did Satan want? The image. He wanted to be like God. And so you can imagine why Satan hates you. I mean, David, David talked about it like this. He said, what is man that you are mindful of him? You've made him a little lower than the angels, but you've crowned him with glory. So Lucifer is looking at this twerp named Adam being formed out of dirt. And Lucifer is this glorious, beautiful being that was so glorious and beautiful that he duped a third of the angels into worshiping him too. That's how glorious and beautiful Lucifer is and was. And so he sees Adam and he's looking at him with disdain like you're making him out of dirt. And then God himself stoops down. (laughs) 
and there's Adam crowned with glory, but he's lower than the angels in terms of his mightiness, his strength, maybe his size. He's not, he, we're obviously angels are stronger than us, right? Thank God they're on our side. We're made a little lower than them, but we're crowned with the glory of God. The very image and nature of Christ rests on us. The very thing that Lucifer wanted, you got. He is 100% jealous of you. And in his maniacal, twisted mind, he will do anything he can possibly do to try to make your life miserable. That sounds scary, but it's not. Because in 1 John, it says, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Greater is he who is in you, Kylie, than he who is in the world. Greater is he who is in you, Andrew, than he who is in the world. And um, this cool thing happened two weeks ago. I keep referring to that night because it was actually really powerful. Um, and I'm, I'm giving you some review. One of the key verses that I wanted to point out um, that pertains to us taking on the image of what we worship is, um, excuse me, <coughs> Psalm 115 verse 8 talks about idols and says, Every other God is an idol who cannot see and cannot hear. And what was cool is that the worship team picked out of the million worship songs that we have available to us, they picked that very song. And they were singing, every other God is an idol who cannot see, cannot hear. You're the one true living God. They had no idea that I was going to be preaching out of that verse. Isn't that cool? I just like little kisses from the Holy Ghost. And so it's, it goes on to say, those who make them, in other words, idols, those who make idols become like them. And so do all who trust in them. This is a very true statement. It is in the Bible. Obviously, it is very true. It's still applies today. Um, there's this section where in Luke 11, uh, verse 14, Jesus is driving out a demon that was mute. Did you catch that? The demon was, and when he drove it out of the boy, the boy who was mute could then speak. The boy either through generational curse or, or some, some trauma or some willful sin, that boy agreed with that mute demon, probably chose not to speak, and then that demon took that opportunity to grab hold because the demon now had agreement. And the demon himself was mute. And so the boy took on the nature of the mute demon. Do you know that demons of 
greed are actually greedy? Gimme, 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 gimme more, more, more. Glory, glory, glory. Wealth, wealth, wealth. Power, power, power. And so when you agree with a demon of greed, you go, gimme, gimme, gimme more, more, more. Power, power, power. And you look more and more and more like that spirit the longer that you agree with it. You can actually see this begin to affect someone's physical appearance over time. You'll actually, there, there are, I mean, trust me, all you have to do is have a, a working eyeball and a little bit of discernment. You just, you walk around and, you, and you'll, you'll, you'll meet people with demons of greed and, and you'll be like, you look familiar. <laughs> and and it's, it's the same thing. People who agree with homosexuality for years and years and years will actually begin to take on a morphed appearance in their face. It's a slanting of the eyes and the curling of the, of the mouth. I know it sounds so weird, but it is straight out of the Bible. You summon what you serenade. <laughs> you summon what you serenade. You become what you behold you take on the nature of what you nurture. I could tell you a crazy story. And I think I will, because it's Thursday night. There's a guy named David Hogan. Anybody ever heard of him? He's had, he's had a little bit of experience with deliverance. A little bit. If you guys know, know him, you know I'm being... Uh, sarcastic. He's had a lot of experience with deliverance. He's in a, a really dark area um, in either Southern or Central uh, America. And it's, a, I think it's a region of Mexico where they still speak like a derivative of Inca, Incan or like Aztec. They don't even speak Spanish. Um, and he encounters a lot of crazy stuff out in the jungle. And he, and every once in a while, he comes back to the States to freak all of us Americans out with his stories um, that, yes, what happened in the Bible is happening today. Uh, anyway, he's got this one story where he's asked to come to um, this. I'm going I'm to tr try not to butcher this story, but I want to tell it quickly. This um, native comes up to him, begs him to come heal his uh, grandmother who is deathly ill, all sorts of things are wrong with her. And he says, I will come and heal your grandmother. I will come to your hut if you invite your demon gods into the hut with me. <clears throat> and um, David Hogan, he, he talks about how like, I mean, I don't know that much about him, so it's not like I'm endorsing his life or anything right now, but uh, the few things that I've heard him say have been really awesome. He, he talks about how he lives and loves to live in that place where um, darkness is pressing in with all its might and the glory of God within is holding it all at bay. And there he is shaking under the power of God and watching the princes of darkness fall at the power of the Lord. He loves that place. He's a warrior. Anybody else like that? 
I'm like, I don't know, Jeremy. <laughs> so he, um, he takes a, a, a small like deliverance crew like out through the jungle and they're, they're going on this hike like way into the deep dark area where um, this principality uh, is most empowered and he's well aware of the principality's presence. He's met him, uh, met this it, met this principality several times. And, um, and he gets to the hut and he waits to be invited inside and they go in and hanging from the rafters is some uh, like <clears throat> demonically empowered like goat head and that's what they worship as their God to empower this principality. I know it sounds weird, it's all, uh, it's, but, it, but this all happened. And so <laughs> he, uh, he, and there's also the, like these warlocks that worship this principality and he goes straight up to the warlocks, touches nose to nose with them and says, today you will see your God fall from the power of my God. <laughs> and he moves to the next warlock, nose to nose and says, this evening you will see the power of your God fall <laughs> because of the power of my God. And <clears throat> then he goes over to the goat head hanging from the rafters and headbutts it. And then he goes over to the sweet old lady who is under a, a little blanket that's soaked from uh, open sores. And, 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 he, and at this moment, he's, he's no longer a rough, gruff warrior. He's a gentle pastoral man. And he gets down next to her and, and is, is speaking gently with her. And, and um, they, they pull back the, the blanket and, and she's just like a skeleton gnarled up with open sores all over her. And, um, and they roll her over. And this is the part that gets funky. So y'all put on your uh, funky helmets with me and hang on this roller coaster. They roll her over and out of her spine are growing spikes on every vertebrae. She looks like a demon, looks like some kind of lizard. And David, he tells it really funny. He's like, I'm not one, you know, who's just going to have a joke pulled over on him really easily. So I grabbed those spikes and I shaked them <laughs> to see if they'd come off. And, and, you know, lo and behold, that was her vertebrae that had morphed into a spiny dragon back. And so he uh, broke the power uh, through the blood of Jesus, prayed for him. They hightailed it out of there because they were in a dark, cursed forest. And um, I'm not going to tell the, yeah, well, okay, so they get to this. <laughs> Hang with me. I mean, this is going to be a fun night. So they, they get to this gate where they're finally out of the, the, the dark forest into an open field. And he talks about the re relief he felt because as they're running through the forest, there are all sorts of like nasty things hanging from the trees. And um, they get out in the open field with all, you know, all of his guys. And he's, First of all, when they went in there, he's like, none of you guys better have hidden sin in your heart because you'll probably die tonight. You should stay here if you have hidden sin. And the whole time we're going through this jungle, you are praying in tongues and thanking Jesus for his blood out loud. So they're like, Jesus, thank you for your blood. And, uh, and so now they're, now they're back in the opening and he opens the gate and everyone runs through. And he shuts the gate and, and latches it and they go out into the open field and they're like heading back to their truck where there's a trail and they hear and they look back and the gate has opened. There is no one standing there. And uh, 
So David huddles up his guys and he says, okay, the principality is in the field with us, but God is on our side. Everybody keep praying in tongues and thanking Jesus for his blood. And we're going to start singing, you know, spontaneous worship songs to the Lord. And they're standing in a circle and the uh, principality manifests as a giant flaming ball. Is this shifting your perspective of the battle that we're in? Is this shifting your perspective of what Christianity is all about? <clears throat> and uh, there it is, burning. Woo! And, uh, and then, you know, they're, they're praying. And he said it, it seemed like a giant foot, like, swung through and kicked that thing like a football over the nearest mountain, and it was gone. The power of the principality was broken. And he said, note the time right now. And they noted the time. He said, something powerful happened. So they got <clears throat> in their car, went back. A few days later, David's preaching in a, a different little village, and through the woods comes this little gang of people, and he's like, you know, looking for weapons, but they come right up to him. And this woman comes up to him, and, uh, and he's like, what can I do for you, ma'am? And she says, Brother David, you don't recognize me? And he's like, no, I don't. He's like, I'm the woman that you healed a few days ago. Completely healed. Spines, gone. Sores, gone. In her right mind, check. And, um, and he said, what, at what time did Jesus heal you. And, and she basically said, he visited, healed me at this time. And it was the very minute that the uh, principality was kicked over the mountain. Isn't that cool? Awesome. You can clap, you bunch of weirdos. <laughs> you believe in this stuff? Okay. All right. I'm going to keep going then. <laughs> We had a, a sweet young lady come uh, uh, to Storehouse a few years ago, and it was close to January where God had given me, like, this special gift to heal feet. I'm not kidding. I healed, like, four people's feet that one January. They all came up with, like, foot problems, and bam, bam, bam. It was really awesome. I was like, I'm the foot doctor. And, <clears throat> and this girl heard about it. She had debilitating pain in her feet, felt like needles in her feet. And so she emailed me and said, told me her problem and asked if I'd meet and pray for her. And I said, yes, you can meet me at this time in storehouse in this room. And I told her a time when all my Encounter Jesus School students would be there because I wanted to turn it into a demonstration. And so <clears throat> she showed up. My dad was there too. He was visiting from Michigan. It was really cool. Um, and, uh, and we just treat her as gently and sweetly as we know how. We treat her like a, like a little princess and sat her down. I heard her story and we started praying and she was kind of twitchy. And, uh, and I, and I said to her, <clears throat> I feel like this is a generational curse. Your parents were into Eastern mysticism and this is the enemy trying to, um, trying to bring pain into your walk with the Lord. These needles, 
this pain. She had to wear like special shoes. She was way too pretty for those shoes. Whew. <laughs> I'm married. I know how much women love their shoes. Um, and so um, I asked her, is that right? And she said, that's, that's right. And I said, well, then we're going to address this stuff. And so we started praying, and, and she started, these groans were coming out of her. And so I said, hey, do you, do you realize that weird voices and groans are erupting from you? And she's like, oh, no, I, I thought all that stuff had been dealt with. And I was like, it's okay, hon. It's not you. Do you mind if we deal with it right now? And she's like, yes, please do so. And so we addressed uh, those spirits. And again, I, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to glorify the enemy or turn this into any kind of hype, but I'm just going to tell you exactly what happened. Her head started shaking. She continued to growl, and she said something to Vince, and then she looked at me and said, we're not coming out. <laughs> this sweet little girl, you know? And I laughed. I really did. I laughed. I said, yeah, you are. <laughs> and um, we also know that the enemy always tries to humiliate and embarrass. And so we shut down the show. I said, what's going to happen now is I would like you to go into another room with these three girls. They're going to take you through repentance so you can break agreement with some of the uh, demons and because that's how they have authority in your life and and I bet you after that you're gonna get healed and you know what happened that's exactly what happened she got healed she wrote me an email a couple months later just all these exclamation points about how she got healed that day the pain she had lived with pain for years and years it ended that moment and never came back no more ugly shoes Satan actually knows the Bible. At least he, he knows the principles of the Spirit. He was probably uh, freshly created when God was, you know, creating himself, you know, creating, not creating himself, creating the creation. Um, don't want to get off in that heresy, do we? Uh, <laughs> for all of you on the internet, don't use that as a soundbite. Um, <laughs> so uh, Satan knows the principles of the Spirit. He knows the Bible. Uh, he used the Bible against Jesus. The audacity, right? He's using the written word against the living word. I, can't, I imagine Jesus in that moment looking at him like Aslan, like, I was there when the deep magic was written. <laughs> <laughs> And so uh, he's using the Bible to try to trick the king of the Bible, the word himself. And then uh, the Pharisees followed suit, uh, and Jesus actually told them that they were children of Satan. And so the children of Satan used Satan's schemes and tried to use the Bible to trap Jesus, tried to use the law of Moses and all sorts of things using, so they know the word. 
This is why religion is the worst kind of witchcraft out there. Because you are using the principles of God without the heart of God. You are actually using empowered verses and statutes and the ways of God without a relationship with him. That's religion. And it is a very powerful force. It's caused a lot of problems throughout the years. I mean, wars, horrible mistreatment of humans. It is a ruthless taskmaster. Jesus talks about religion when he, when he addresses the Pharisees and, and he says, uh, John the Baptist came and neither eating nor drinking and you say he has a demon. And then the son of man comes eating and drinking and you say you're a glutton and a drunkard. Basically, he's saying, I'm darned if I do and darned if I don't with you guys. That is religion. If you have it in your heart, Get it out. It is a ruthless taskmaster. You can fast and it won't be enough. You can rest and it won't be enough. So we don't doot. <laughs> Jesus gave this indictment against the Pharisees in John 5:39 he says you diligently search the scriptures because you think by them you possess eternal life but these are the scriptures which testify about me yet you refuse to come to me that you would have life sorcerers in the old testament implemented principles of the bible in order to do sorcery remember who created the heavens there's no fake heavens no one created a different set of heavens. There is one heavenly realm, and, and God created it. And so these sorcerers from the Old Testament are using principles from the heavenly realm to do sorcery. In 2 Kings 3.27, when the king of Moab saw that the battle was going against him, he took 700 swordsmen to break through the opposite king of Edom, but they could not. Then he took his firstborn son, who was to succeed him, and offered him as a burnt offering on the wall. And great, excuse me, and great wrath came upon Israel. So they withdrew from him and returned to their own land. That's crazy. So this evil pagan heathen king recognizes the power of sacrifice, and especially the, the shedding of innocent blood. He took his very own son, killed him, and hung him on the wall for all to see. That's twisted. You'd think for that, like, Israel would double their efforts and go and but no, what happened is Israel was pushed back because that sacrifice released so much demonic spiritual force against them that Israel had to withdraw. They didn't know what to do. They hadn't read their Bible because it hadn't been written. 
The shedding of innocent blood releases incredible spiritual power. That's why we don't want abortion in America. Demons are empowered. I'm, I'm going to keep smiling because y'all feel heavy. When, I, when I'm, talk, I'm talking about this dark stuff, we're talking about light stuff tonight. We're talking about our, our mission, empowerment, and ability to thwart the plans of Satan. Uh, <clears throat> here's another, like other instances of um, pe people on the dark side using principles of our principles. They're using our principles to do dark things. Uh, witches are sometimes instructed or led by demons to get deliverance so that they can get seven more powerful demons once their house has been swept clean. You know that verse where Jesus says, when a demon goes out of a man, he roams through waterless places seeking rest, but he finds none. And he says to himself, I'll return. And when he goes back, he finds the, the home swept clean. He brings seven worse demons with him. And they, it says the, the last state of that person is worse than the first. Isn't that weird? That's why, um, that's why deliverance is, is for people who are ready to also invite the Holy Ghost to live inside them. You, you actually want the strong man living inside you so that when demons come a-knocking, trying to get into a swept-clean house, there's the big, brute, awesome Holy Ghost to chase them off, right? Kent, question. Could be. Might be onto something there. I'd talk to the Holy Ghost because it's not in the Bible. <laughs> that verse for you is uh, Matthew 12, 43 through 45. I don't know if we're going to get to everything we want to do. We're just having fun camping out on some of these things. But luckily, we've got other Thursday nights to continue talking about this. Is this fun? Okay, good. Uh, those who are in witchcraft will often be incited by demons to sleep with believers in order to become one and benefit from new impartations and swap some demons into the believer. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. The two shall become one. It's not just, uh, they're not just talking about the physical act of sex. They, husband and wife, those united by sexual intercourse become one in very mystical spiritual ways. Hmm. Uh, witches will often use ravens and cats to spy, and they will view Christians through portal viewings. Isn't that crazy? Elijah was fed by ravens, wasn't he? Like, this is our stuff. This is ours. We can't just, we can't just give it up because it's freaky or weird. These are our things, our inheritance from God. Philip was in 
an area heading south, and he comes upon this Ethiopian. He, he baptizes him in, in water, and suddenly Philip is 30 miles at least away in this place called Azotus. Well, transporting is evil. No, it's ours. Portal viewing. No. Paul, in Colossians, he actually says, although I'm absent from you in body, I'm with you in spirit, and I delight to see how orderly your worship is. Woo! So good! <laughs> Doesn't this get you excited to grow in the things of the Lord? That's Colossians 2.5. Um, so yeah, New Agers call that astral viewing. Paul just calls it being absent in body, but present in spirit. I found this really cool verse. I occasionally lead worship for this Episcopal church, and I sat down and opened their Bible, and there was a whole bunch of extra books in there. I'm like, ooh, Apocrypha, fun. And so... <laughs> <laughs> Apocryphon. And um, thank you, Vincent. Cre credit goes to you, sir. Um, here's, my, here's my disclaimer. Uh, I don't make doctrine based solely on apocryphal texts, but I will use the apocrypha to enrich the things that I already know to be true. Okay? And uh, this is what I found in, uh, this is the, I think it's just called Daniel Greek. But it says that when Daniel was in the lion's den, Habakkuk, he's a prophet who was alive at the time, was cooking soup. And God said, I want you to take that soup to Daniel. And Habakkuk and his soup pot go up into the heavenly realm and drop down in the lion's den. And Habakkuk and Daniel <laughs> eat soup in the lion's den. Isn't that cool? It's like, I'm going to read some more of this. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the dark side, they counterfeit it with things called psychic while we genuinely prophesy. There's the uh, fortune-telling slave girl in Acts 1616. Oh, 16. I wondered why my uh, Whole Foods bill came to 1616 yesterday. There it is. Uh, Acts, <laughs> do you guys ever notice stuff like that? And so Acts 16.16 says, um, <clears throat> As we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by her fortune telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us around shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. So she's telling the truth. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to get out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. So fortune-telling demons, spirit of divination, actually has a limited amount of power to predict and actually say true things. But Paul obviously had 
his discernment going, and he was really annoyed. And so <laughs> he got fed up and kicked that demon out. Isn't that awesome? You know how they thanked him? They stripped Paul naked, beat him with rods, threw him in prison, shackled his feet into stocks in the innermost chamber because uh, they were angry that they lost their ability to make money off the psychic girl. And then uh, in the prison, they, were, they started singing praises to God at midnight, and the angel, or the uh, prison was shaken by an earthquake, and the doors opened. It's pretty cool. Uh, in 1 Samuel 28, Saul uh, has a medium bring Samuel back from the cloud of witnesses or from the grave or something. It's crazy. Saul goes to a medium, like a, a necromancer witch, the witch of Endor, I think was her name, which totally sounds like Star Wars. Um, <laughs> so the Star Wars witch and Saul were hanging out. And, and Saul's like, I need you to bring Samuel back from the dead because I've got some questions for him. And you know what happens? She does it. And so Samuel is like, what are you doing? You dummy. <laughs> Why? And uh, <laughs> this is in the Bible, guys. This is the spirit realm. First Chronicles 10.13 says, Saul died for his breach of faith. He broke faith with the Lord in that he did not keep the command of the Lord and also consulted a medium seeking guidance. He did not seek guidance from the Lord. Therefore, the Lord put him to death. So you don't want to fiddle around with witchcraft. Um, I could go on and on, but I'm going to save the rest of the teaching for next week. Who... Um, well, not by a show of hands. If you stay in the room, um, you're gonna, we're gonna get delivered of a bunch of, uh, witchcraft tonight, okay? Does that sound like fun? And, uh, this is our authority as believers in Christ, and you are actually underneath the covering of storehouse. Um, if you feel uncomfortable with this, or if you'd like to keep any of your critters, um, I'm serious. You should not re say these prayers, this is, this is really powerful stuff, okay? All right, everybody? If you want to keep your critters or you, you don't feel comfortable getting delivered tonight, then you don't have to say this prayer, all right? Here's another. Uh, I, I'm not a licensed counselor online. Um, <laughs> any complaints can be emailed to Tracy at... <laughs> Let's plug this in. How you guys feeling? All right. Where is the... There it is. Play button. Come out of it, in Jesus' name. 
We all hooked up back there? Oh, there's my Mexico beach trip. You're welcome, guys. Let's get rid of that one. There, there's uh, Jonathan Wheel, David Porkadoo, Michael Miller, and Jeremy Shack. All right. Someone's been doing some shoulder shrugs, Jeremy. <laughs> what happened to it? Let's, let's do this again. Yay. Okay. I'm going to click through a bunch of this stuff and get to the uh, prayer for deliverance. Okay, these are a bunch of the open doors uh, where uh, demons gain access to our life. And um, I have lists of associated demons for every one of those strongholds. But tonight I felt like dealing with um, witchcraft. Um, because even if we haven't um, gone to a seance or something, um, your mom, grandma, uncle, grandpa could have and has uh, been duped by spirits to, you know, pray weird things over you. The stuff gets passed down generationally. You may have been abused by someone who's in witchcraft and then uh, been uh, afflicted by one of the demons which they carry and are empowered by. And so tonight we're just going to break it all. We're going to deal with all of it. Does that sound good? Um, here's a few pointers. Keep your eyes open um, because this is, this is war. It's not just like cute closet prayer time. This is war. You keep your eyes open. You stay awake. <clears throat> and you use your, um, you're partnering your will with God's will and releasing it out of your mouth. And that's the most powerful force in the universe. That's how you move mountains, and that's how you cast out demons. You partner your will with his will, and you, and you get it done by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so demons come out through the breath. Just keep on breathing. If you feel uh, any kind of inordinate amount of manifestation of this stuff, anxiety or anger, if you're really angry at me right now, uh, <clears throat> I love you. You can actually put your hand in the air, and um, we've got two of our prayer team here. Yeah, you, yeah, you too. And if you see any hands go up in the air, just go over there and lay a hand on them, assist them in the deliverance process. Um, but in the process, I'd love for you guys to continue to pray these prayers with us. And uh, the way that it's going to go, I know I'm giving a bunch of, uh, like, forward here, but um, this is important. I've had a lot of... Uh, experience doing this, and it's, and it's helpful to address these things up front so you know what to expect. But <clears throat> this first slide where it says, I confess the sins of my ancestors, my parents, and my own sin, that first line is going to be, uh, where'd it go? Witchcraft. It's on this other page. Actually, we're just going to say occult. <clears throat> that first line is going to be occult, and then it says including, and then I'm going to list off all of the associated demons, and you repeat them after me, okay? And then in the following slides, we're going to read those slides together. You guys ready? Do you need, like, stretch? Like, <laughs> our powers combined. We are Captain Holy Ghost. <clears throat> <Okay. laughs> 
seriously. This is, and we can rejoice. You guys are going to feel things leave you. You are going to be more equipped to live your life in a full way. You are going to be happier without these guys in your life. So really, like, take this seriously. Tell them, tell them where to go. Just get out. Okay, all together now. I confess the sins of my ancestors, my parents, and my own sin of occult, including abortion, Absalom spirit, accident proneness, Ahab spirit, animal spirits, antichrist, astral projection, astrology, Automatic writing, Automatic writing. Behemoth. behemoth, black magic, black magic. Clairvoyance. clairvoyance, conjuration, conjuration. Crystal, ball. crystal ball, death, death. Suicide. suicide, demon worship. Demon worship. Oh, there's a little burp. Hallelujah. <laughs> See, we're all getting delivered. I'm serious. Uh, dispatching demons. Divination, Divination. Eastern, meditation. Eastern meditation, eight ball, eight ball. ESP. ESP, evil eye, evil eye. False, gifts. false gifts, fortune telling, fortune telling. Freemasonry. Freemasonry, hand reading, hand reading. handwriting analysis, hand analysis. Hexing. hexing, horoscopes, horoscopes. Hypnosis. hypnosis, I Ching, Incantations, Jezebel, Jezebel. Leviathan, levitation, mediumship, mental telepathy, necromancy, non-Christian exorcism, occult books, occult control, occult dedications, occult victim, Ouija board, board. Palm, reading, palm reading, past life readings, pendulum readings, psychic healing, psychic readings, python, reading tea leaves, reincarnation, satanic worship, seances, sorcery, spells, spirit of Mardi Gras, Spirit guides, spiritism, superstition. Okay, we made it through the S's. How you guys feeling? Good? Anybody need some extra prayer from some of our prayer leaders? Okay, good. There's no shame. I mean, I've seen, I've seen it all. Not all. Anyway, uh, let's continue. Including table tipping, tarot cards. Third eye, eye. TM, TM. Trance. trance, vampire, vampire. Voodoo. voodoo, water witching, water witching. Werewolf. werewolf, white magic, white magic. Wicca. Wicca, witchcraft. witchcraft. Let's do it. I choose to forgive and release my ancestors as well as all others who have influenced me for these sins and curses and for their consequences in my life. I forgive, be specific with family members and friends who have influenced you in the occult.
You can say it out loud. No one knows who your Uncle Herbert is. Jesus, I forgive them. They didn't know what they were doing. I release them, Lord. All right, here we go. I ask you to forgive me, Lord, for these sins, for yielding to them and to the curses. I receive your forgiveness. On the basis of your forgiveness, I choose to forgive myself for entering into these sins. I renounce the sins and curses of the occult. I break these powers from my life and from the lives of my descendants through the redemptive work of Christ on the cross. I receive God's freedom from these sins and from the resulting curses. Here we go. In the name of Jesus, I renounce and break all agreements with the demons of a cult. I command you to leave me now based on the finished work of Christ on the cross and my authority as a believer. A cult, go. After me now. Abortion, go. Absalom, go. Accident proneness, go. Ahab spirit, go. Animal spirits, go. Antichrist, go. Astral projection, go. Astrology, go. Automatic writing, go. Behemoth, go. Black magic, go. Clairvoyance, go. Conjuration, go. Crystal ball, go. Death suicide, go. Demon worship, go. Dispatching demons, go. Divination, go. Eastern meditation, go. Keep your eyes open, everybody. Eight ball, go. ESP, go. Evil eye, go. False gifts, go. Fortune telling, go. Freemasonry, go. Hand reading, go. Handwriting analysis, go. Hexing, go. Horoscopes, go. Hypnosis, go. All right, we've made it through the H's. Worship team, can you come up on stage? We're going to sing a uh, rejoicing song when uh, this is all done, but you guys can start playing behind us uh, rebuking all these spirits. You guys ready to get fully free? Okay. I ching, go. Idolatry, go. Incantations, go. Jezebel, go. Leviathan, go. Levitation, go. Mediumship, go. Mental telepathy, go. Necromancy, go. Non-Christian exorcism, go. Occult books, go. Occult control, go. Occult dedications, go. Occult victim, go. Ouija board, go. Palm readings, go. Past life readings, go. Psychic healing, go. Psychic readings, go. Python, go. Reading tea leaves, go. Reincarnation, go. 
Satanic worship, go. Seances, go. Sorcery, go. Spells, go. Spirit of Mardi Gras, go. Spirit guides, go. Spiritism, go. Superstition, go. Table tipping, go. Tarot cards, go. Third eye, go. TM, go. Trance, go. Vampire, go. Voodoo, go. Water witching, go. Werewolf, go. White magic, go. Wicca, go. Witchcraft, go. Every occult demon, get out of here right now. Tell them to get out. We break agreement with everything occult in our lives, in our family's life right now. We say that your, your influence will not affect our children or our grandchildren. We break agreement with every bit of the occult tonight. Get out. Your time is up. You've got to go. By the power of the blood of Jesus, we're set free. Bye-bye.